It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast tonight. David Locke along with Ron Boone after the Utah Jazz beat the L.A. Lakers 117-110. to We'll talk about the remarkable Ricky Rubio and what freedom does for an NBA player. Why could the Jazz defense not really slow down the Lakers at any point this season? Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. And holy smokes, this team might make the playoffs. Those are all the things coming up on Postcast. And here I am. Ron Boone joins. Uh, Let's start with Ricky Rubio. He has scored, he scored 31 points tonight. Yes. It is the fifth time in his NBA career he has scored 30 points in a game. They have all happened since March 30th of last year. I texted Alan Horton, the play-by-play announcer of the Minnesota Timberwolves, happens to be one of my best friends tonight, said, you only called Ricky scoring 30 once. I've already done it four times. <laughs> Talking to Igor and Ricky, Quinn Snyder is the first coach that he has ever had that just said play, shoot. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about it. What does that do for a player? It does a lot for a player. I mean, just just think about the guys that have the green light. I mean, for the most part, you're, that's what he's given Ricky, the green light to shoot the basketball. Now, this doesn't happen if he hasn't worked on 
on his shooting. I mean, it, his confidence right now is so high strictly because he's been working and, and his confidence is he's working very hard on shooting and, and scoring that um, he just feels like, you know, everything he throw up is going to go in the basket. He's not afraid. And the fact that, that Coach Snyder is giving him the go-ahead, you know, he, he's just doing it. He took 30, he had 21 shots tonight. How many shots did he take tonight? He took, took no. He only took sixteen shots on his 16, way to thirty-one 16. points. So between, but that's a lot for him. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. But, but between him and Donovan Mitchell, that backcourt, twenty for thirty-nine there from the field. That's good stuff. So Rubio, and, and what does so Rubio's coming into tonight was at thirty-four point five percent from three. Mm-hmm. This is subtle, but it's a big deal. So Rubio was a career thirty percent three-point shooter. Okay, no, the thirty percent last year. I think that's his career number two. So the way the Jazz structure their offense is when Donovan's at the top or Ingles at the top, Rubio goes to a corner. And the reason Rubio goes to the corner is because if they bring that guy in to try to stop the role of of Gobert or Favors, it then is the smallest guy on the floor. Correct. Rubio, when he was a 30% three-point shooter or below, teams just leave him. But if he's suddenly a 35% three-point shooter, that's a totally different math number for teams to deal with. That's over a point of possession. That suddenly, that suddenly is a shot that you're not as willing to give up. You're not as willing to roll, give up, come off of the, of Rubio. He's made five, by the way, he's made seven straight corner threes. I don't know if he got one tonight. I don't think he did. I think they were all, uh, he he got one. So he did. did. Okay. So then he's eight straight corner threes. Like, that corner three shot, which he used to be really bad at, is such a big shot inside the Jazz offense. If he makes that shot, it it alters a lot. Well, it alters a lot in the fact that the Jazz get so many of those, that it, and regardless of who's there. But if, if Rubio is there, I mean, just pull the trigger. What, what's so great about him knocking down threes now, and, and you just you just mentioned how they leave him alone and then he's going to shoot the three. He's creating three-point shots nowadays. If you go underneath the screen, he's stopping behind it and and, not, and and shooting the three. Tonight, he reverse dribble, not reverse dribble, but he re-screened and shot a three. So he's getting to the point now where he just has so much confidence in his three-point shooting that you know he's going to take them. This is fun because Ron and I didn't work together tonight, so I get to bring up things that I saw on the broadcast. So there was another play tonight that jumped out to me about Rubio. I wonder if you're going to agree with me on this. So – they bring it up. Donovan Mitchell's, it's the old horn set is basically what it is. The Jazz yeah. call it something different. And, and what, what they mean is they're going to put Ru, Rudy on one corner of the, free, of, of the free throw line there and Donovan Mitchell on the other. Yes. Right. So on this play, and this is, this is unusual, actually. Most people will run that with two bigs, but the mm-hmm. Jazz will do it with Donovan Mitchell there. And on this play, he goes toward Donovan Mitchell's side. And the play is that Donovan Mitchell flares back out to Rudy's side. Rubio goes that way, flips it back to Donovan, and Donovan gets a pick from Gobert yeah. and goes to the ba- – and try. Okay, yes. that's – tonight, Rubio came across that and all of a sudden attacked, yeah. which to me was a sign, one of confidence, but more importantly was an understanding of what this offense does, how teams are defending it, and what Quinn Snyder has built. Right. And maybe it takes 70 games to get that or a little confidence. But to me, that little play, and he got fouled because the defenders had to grab him because they were so confused, is a sign of understanding and comfort. 
it, it's, it's a few things to me. One is, is that, okay, you know that they have a scouting report and, and they probably know what's going to happen here. And so he deviates from it and goes to the basket, meaning I'm taking what the offense has given me uh, and, and they just was not expecting that. So that's what it means to me. If they take away one thing, then I'm going to do another. Now, if they, if they were to take that away and then all of a sudden Rudy Gobert's man has to come over and help, now they got the lob to Rudy. So it, it's, it's, it's a one heck of a play, but you needed someone smart there running it to, to make it happen. And, and frankly, early in the year, the biggest thing that surprised me about Rubio was not his lack of shooting. It was how many stupid plays he made every yeah. night. Like, I don't know if stupid's the right word for him, but they looked it to us, right? They looked, they looked, they looked strange. And they weren't, in retrospect now, they weren't stupid. What they were was not understanding the system and being totally uncomfortable. But they were. There were these weird passes and, like, it, and now you see him playing and they're all gone. Let me, you just brought up something that came to mind. I'm going through my notes from the first time that these two teams played. And in my notes was Ricky Rubio. Uh, Quinn Snyder making, uh, uh, what? Did, how did he put it? He, he just making the safe pass or, or uh, making sure of your passes, you know, that type of thing. I can't remember what words I had in there, but it was to that respect as though he didn't, uh, Ru, Ru, Ricky was making passes that, that uh, just wasn't getting the job done. So he wanted Ricky to concentrate on making a safe pass. All right, let's go to the next thing. Why could the Jazz defense not do its thing tonight? You know, I, I I just thought that that the Lakers transition. They played so fast. They pushed the ball up the floor, and 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 they just couldn't get it done. I'm I'm I'm, I'm puzzled by it myself. And then listening to Quinn Snyder after the ball game, he's very upset because he didn't think they came out ready to play. He thought they were uh, that 48 minutes of focus and and discipline. You know, that just didn't happen early in the ball game, and he was very upset with it. Now, the Lakers played nine guys because that's all they had out of necessity. The Jazz played nine guys because they had to in order to beat this team. The, the, the Lakers just kept coming. So, you know, they made the Jazz play in order to beat them. Well, it's interesting. Zach Guthrie said at halftime that the Jazz lacked mental focus. They allowed, they were allowing to break their absolutes. One of their absolutes is no uh, strong side, uh, leaving the strong side corner three, and the Jazz were doing that. And the second one is they allowed no physical focus in the sense they were allowing the the Lakers to get wherever they wanted, and they weren't putting up a physical uh, resistance to that. We are not in the playoffs yet, but for the first time, it feels like we're going to make it. Let me ask you this now. This you're, you're incredible. About a month ago, you start talking about so many teams at 47. How, how does it look now? It looks more like you could probably get in at 46, that mm -hmm. the 47's not going to happen. The one thing that's actually happened that I didn't anticipate is I think that these teams in the Western Conference got tired. That this sprint started on February 22nd, and this is a seven-week straight of playing basketball where every win matters. And what we're suddenly seeing is the Pelicans have lost four in a row. The Nuggets have, lost, you know, have, have won these two remarkable games. Like we're seeing teams, I think, get tired yeah. of of this and I think we saw us get tired we until Minnesota we didn't play with any bounce at all for about the four games yeah I, I brought that up with with Craig Bolajak here on, on TV tonight to the fact that it seems like we've been we've been in the playoffs and I know the playoffs start next week but we've been in the playoffs here for about the last four or five weeks you know the fight to just make it into the playoffs and now you're at the point where the fight is to try to get 
a, a certain seed. So it, it's, 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 you can understand why teams are tired, and you can understand why Quinn Snyder is having walkthroughs now rather than having those practices that, you know, that so many teams have in the morning. It's really interesting to watch the way Quinn and his coaching staff have adjusted to this run. Uh, Denver won tonight over Indiana, so they're still in it. Um, the Jazz are sitting. Here's, here's the way it breaks down as of right now. San Antonio's in the midst of a game with the Clippers. They're at 32 losses. Jazz are at 33 losses. Oklahoma City lost to Golden State tonight. They're at 34 losses. Minnesota's also at 34. Uh, Oklahoma or New Orleans is also at 34. Denver's at 35 with their win tonight. They play Minnesota next. Mm-hmm. So either Minnesota's at 35 or Denver's at 36. And the Clippers are currently at 36, and they uh, and they end up having to play the Jazz. the Jazz, and they're playing the Spurs right now. If they lose tonight at 37, I don't know what they come in here like on Thursday, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if they're at 37 losses, you know you're not getting in at 45. So I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think they'd roll over, but I think they would have lost a little bit of their heart and soul. If they win tonight, they're playing. They're going to come in with a lot of confidence, thinking, "All right, we still got a chance to get to 46 wins and close this thing out." So uh, it, that that game has a lot of ramifications. One, if the Spurs were to lose, they go to 33. We're tied. We move into fourth. Uh, if the Spurs were to win, then the Clippers may be a little bit out of it. Um, you, you got to be enjoying this, trying to figure oh, this stuff out, huh? Fr- you, you know, stay up at night trying to figure this out. But, huh? but I will tell you, actually, it's so complicated. There's not a lot to figure. Yeah. There's just too many permutations of what could take place. We're getting a little narrow now that we're down to four games. All right, we'll see you Thursday. That is Postcast. Have a great night. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.